Broadcasting live from the 970 AM The Answer Studios. It's the Joe Elliott Show, live and local. Follow Joe on Facebook and on Twitter at Joe Elliott Show. Welcome back, Joe Elliott, 970 AM The Answer, 5710970. We're going to continue this for at least a few minutes. We've got a lot of politics to get to, but I really think this is this is vitally important. And, you know, everybody seems very entrenched. This is not going to change anytime soon. It took us a long time to get here. It's going to take us a, a, a while to, to get out of this. But And I understand the total frustration that people have when people call and they say, you know, parents should take more of an interest in their kids and kids should behave more. I mean, I agree. Kids should behave more. Parents should be better parents. We should all be better at everything, but we're not. And you have a lot of parents who didn't have parents themselves, and they're AWOL, and you have a lot of frustration, and you have a lot of parents who believe that their kid is is being singled out, and we're you know these people should just what I hear so many times is people should just act better, and I agree with that. And it would be great if everybody would just act better, and we could disband the police forces and the prisons and all that stuff, but it's just not likely to happen anytime soon. Let me go to work here. Say good morning to Brad. You're on the air. Hello. Good morning, Joe. How are you? I'm well, Brad. How are you? Well, I'll be honest with you. I guess maybe this makes me sound a little bit like a wimp, but I finally saw the video last night, and here we already talked about it yesterday. Okay. Didn't get to see the video till last night. Joe, I saw it one time and had to change the channel. I could not even watch the replay of it. And then I couldn't even listen to Anderson Cooper capitalize on it and talk about it. I just I couldn't even reward it as a story. I mean, this guy could have killed this girl. Oh, my gosh, Joe. I, I couldn't believe that it was actually that violent when I finally saw the video. And I hate to say that I blame the teacher because how can you? How can you? But um, do we really have to call the cops on this any little girl and sitting in her desk, and can they just carry the desk outside? Um, I think they should have treated her like she was 90 years old, but flipping that desk over could have broken her back or broken her neck. It was ridiculous. Joe. Well, you know, I, I thought about that too. This officer ought to thank his lucky stars that he that she didn't have, and she, she walked away uninjured. But had she been, you know, had something really seriously wrong happened to her and see that's the thing i think it is it is very easy to talk about this from an academic standpoint but this is why video is so powerful well you know when people see the video it it i think it does change a lot of things for them well it also makes you wonder if he had his body cam video i wonder what the difference in you know if you watch his video did it look like he was in the right and then if you watch i don't think he had any video i don't think he had i don't think he did i just wonder if he did would that have actually confused the issue, or would it would it have actually helped? And um, he was just showing an absolute zero-tolerance policy, and he thought he was going to teach her something. And the, the sheriff keeps likes to say that this guy has a black girlfriend. Okay, so he flips her over around the house, too? Uh, I, I don't care if he has a, a black girlfriend. Um, but one thing I'm, I'm curious about, Joe, I wonder if 
the education board or whatever in the in the area could actually uh, put a fine out there. If the cops get called on you, your parents get fined. Or maybe you could give a ticket, a juvenile ticket, that is actually worth $55. Because, I mean, she was released to the custody of her parents. Right. So they should have called the parents to begin with. And I'd also like to know how much teaching got done for the rest of the day after that after the situation was over did it did it really even help to assault this little girl in this classroom <laughs> it taught everybody how to make a viral video is what it did i wonder how much teaching's getting done today if you've got justice department officials crawling all over the school well now now to the to your point on that the fbi investigation the, the only reason that i support that because this is so violent, Joe, you just gotta wonder what no, else I understand. has this got done. I, no, yeah. I, I understand. I, I yeah. just, I just think it's unfortunate that we have to. I mean, I would think that this could be something that the. Of course, we're just in a very litigious society. But if the, if the, if the deputy violated the procedure, and it seems pretty clear that he did, I think he's going to get fired later today. Is what I think is going to happen. I don't know that, but that's my guess. He's going to get fired later today, and I don't know. There'll probably be some sort of a civil suit and and all yeah, those kind of in. things. Show in a civil suit, yeah. but also just my only message for teachers is it is a litigious society, but it's also a I'm going to tell on you society. And teachers, please use as much restraint and judgment as possible. Can you handle this situation without a police officer coming in and flipping desks over? Well, that's what the sheriff said. You know, maybe we would be better off if we had the teachers handle this kind of thing. You don't bring the resource officer in. Brad, thanks for the call. Ms. Sharn, you're on 970 AM. The answer, what do you think about this? Oh, my brother, man. I mean, good God, every day is something crazy. Every every day something is popping up. Man, I'm like the caller before me, man. The, the video is quite obvious that uh, that officer was out of control. But here's my question. I mean, where, where has the teacher lost authority to get a handle of a classroom? I, I really, um, I'm, I'm just amazed at how it, it escalated to the resource officer, okay? seemed to me that the teacher should have been able to resolve that without getting to that issue, you know. And that young lady is quite obvious that she doesn't have no respect for authority, okay. So I'm not, and I'm not trying to blame her, but she escalated it, okay. The, the, the officer definitely was responsible for his own actions. But I think it could have been, it could have been, it should have been headed off at the teacher. Don't you think so, Joe? I mean, I think there's got to be a better way. Well, you know, like like uh, the school safety expert we heard from a little earlier this morning said, maybe everybody leaves the room and then there's no audience for this girl to to play yeah. to. So, you know, and then maybe and, and you don't have people with their phones and all that kind of stuff. And then maybe the the if if she still won't leave after the teachers and administrators have talked to her, then maybe the officer goes in and, you know, we, we call her parents and all those kinds right. of things. But there's got to be a better way to do it. Stayed in the classroom, or they could have said, "Hey, right. uh, move your desk to the outside of the room." Or oh, do something. You know, listen. If you don't want it, fine. Listen. But uh, 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 it used to be a time that teachers had greater authority, and you didn't have to do it. Maybe the teachers don't have the authority that they used to have anymore, the respect for the teacher and everything, because it's surely that child did not have no respect for the teacher. Well, I think it's, and I appreciate the call, I think it's pretty clear that teachers don't get the, the, the support from parents that they once did. I think there was a time 
when many of us went to school where, you know, the teacher said I did something wrong. I was wrong. That's just the way it was. It didn't matter. My side of the story was was not given. <laughs> and I always, had, I always had a story. I always had an argument. I always had a side. Um, you know, I, I, I could, I could talk about these things, but my parents were, look, if you did, if, if you did something that would come to the attention of the teacher and da, 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 you know, it it was really on you. It was your problem, but you do have, and many teachers have, have told me this, you, you don't have that same kind of support from the teachers don't get the benefit of the doubt from parents in many cases anymore. My little darling would never do anything disruptive or wrong at all. It's got to be you incompetent teachers. Let's go to John. Thanks for joining us. Good morning. Good morning, Joe. Hey, John. Uh, I by no means uh, uh, think that we should handle from, from the situation like I saw in the video. I mean, that was way overboard. But I do know three, four, five teachers in the Jefferson County Board of Education that two of them have resigned this year because their classes are just so disruptive. Uh, we have definitely lost control of our classrooms. How do you teach and, if you're if it's that disruptive? You can't teach anybody anything. No, you can't. Uh, and, you know, they're, uh, in a way that teachers' hands are tied that if they go off, they, they you know, it's it's like, you know, uh, I mean, to my information, he told me, you know, that uh, they were throwing stuff at him and they were talking back to the teachers. And there was just, uh, you know, it's just like the teachers don't have, uh, they just can't do anything. Um, I mean, you know, your your only recourse is a is hundred times a day to, to send the students down to the principal's office. And, you know, most of the time they either send them home or they send them back to class. Right. Uh, and and I have yet to hear, you know, I don't see our Jefferson County Board of Education uh, doing anything about this. I mean, and the same thing with the bus situation. There is so much disruption on, on buses that, I mean, there was an article in the Jefferson County or, or uh, the Courier-Journal, you know, that, that they were begging people to, to apply for jobs there for to be a bus driver, and, and hardly anybody showed up. That's got to be a hard job. That's got to be hard work to be a to be a bus driver. I mean, I'm sure there's some routes where it's pretty tame, but I'm sure there are a lot where where it's really not. No, I, I just, it is a very different it is a very different culture. I can only imagine how difficult it is for you know for some some teachers, John. No doubt about it. Let's go to Jeff. You're on the air. Hello. Yeah, I I'm listening, and you know I can understand everyone's. Um, utter um, shock at what could have been a tragedy, but at the same time, I think disrespect for authority won the day. The girl got her, she got 15 minutes of fame, well, whatever she got, and who knows what's going to happen to her in her head. She, She did no wrong as far as she can tell at this point. I agree with that. My my feeling is that um, we've taken that what used to be a little shock that brings you back to understanding you've done something wrong 
which, you know, when you're little, it's the swat on the butt when you're trying to run out into the parking lot or what right, have you. Right. And we've totally decided we, we've got to talk everybody through these things. We've got to, you know, psychobabble this whole process to death. Getting the FBI involved, the, the, the this investigation. No, no. I mean, I, I think the girl, you know, should have learned from the fact that she got thrown on her back. Yes, there could have been grave consequences to that, but I think it should have stopped there, honestly. I well, really don't think he went overboard. Here's what the little girl learned, and, and I, I think I think that he's, he's probably going to get fired because the, I think most people disagree with you. Most people do think he went overboard, but... Here's what the here's what this 16 year old learned. She learned that she can affect. She can have a. She can essentially create a national discourse. No, she didn't do anything wrong. No, that I mean the, the, everything's going to be focused on this officer. And I understand why it's focused on the uh, the sheriff's deputy here because you know taxpayers pay him and and I mean I get all of that. But yeah, what's what's the message that this kid is going to learn? It's not going to be a good one. Is she going to be a is she going to be a more cooperative person? Is she going to be less likely to even if she doesn't want to get an education to to stop being disruptive so that other people can get their education? No. She's going to be more disruptive. She's go I mean, I think that's probably I don't know, but I think that's probably what is uh, what is most likely to happen for her and that's really a very unfortunate thing. Thanks very much for the call. Five seven one zero nine seventy is my telephone number. We'll try to get one or two more in here if you want to join us. You're listening to the Joe Elliott Show at nine seventy a.m. The answer. Saying I don't know is no longer acceptable. This is nine seventy a.m. The answer. Joe Elliott nine seventy a.m. The answer. Five seven one zero nine seventy. If you'd like to join us, well. We don't like to see the sausage being made, right? I mean, before we had your smartphones and instant video and the web and YouTube and all these other things, I've noticed that this, of course, has been going on for for decades, all of this kind of stuff. And people just did what they needed to do. And it was things ran much more efficiently. We didn't know. We didn't want to know. Uh, I talked to the, the, the wife of a former police officer. This, we just saw it a social thing and, and she was talking about all these, you know, all these boards and we're having all these hearings and all this kind of stuff. She said, you know, back when my husband was on the force, this is many years ago, we had some problem in a community, you know, nobody wrote anything down. We just had officers, they get together and they would solve it and they would find a way to, to, to. Give somebody a little incentive to, to leave or not to come back or, you know, whatever it was. We, we just, I'm sure those kinds of things happened all the time. Now there's videotape. Now there's scrutiny. Now we're paying attention to all of these kinds of things. You have, you have many people who say, you have many African-Americans who say, we've been trying to tell you for years and you didn't believe us. And now you're taking us more seriously because there is video. And there's tremendous anger and, you know, all that goes with that. Yeah, it's a very different, it's a very different thing. Let's hear from uh, President Obama, who spoke yesterday about the, uh, about the, the rise in crimes. You may have seen where James Comey, the FBI director, is concerned about the Ferguson effect. 
rising crime rates are uh, are happening in many cities because police officers are worried that their behavior is going to be captured on video that it's going to go viral and that uh, a chill wind is blowing through law enforcement over the last year that's what mr lomi said mr comey said said that wind is surely changing behavior of police officers. Here's what President Obama said yesterday. With today's technology, if, if just one of your officers does something irresponsible, the whole world knows about it moments later. And the countless incidents of effective police work rarely make it on the evening news. When an individual officer does display bias or excessive force, which is going to happen, just like there are going to be politicians who do stupid things or business leaders who do so. There's no profession that doesn't have somebody who sometimes screws up. Then we've got to have departments to honestly and fairly address it and not just simply close ranks or stand down. In my budget proposal, I've asked Congress to increase funding for the COPS program so that we can hire even more police officers and make sure you have the training and equipment you need. That's what I value. It's in my budget. And I'll be honest with you, in the past, uh, some Republicans in Congress have tried to cut funding for the COPS program to zero. And I've argued that's wrong. It, it won't make us safer. It's time more folks in Washington started valuing our COPS, not just giving lip service to it. All right, now there are some civil rights groups who are saying we had historic lows in 2014. We've had somewhat of a rebound in 2015. You really can't go year to year. There really is no Ferguson effect. Uh, Jeffrey Robinson is the director of the American Civil Liberties Union's Center for Justice. He said there was not enough data to make any kind of direct connection between increased scrutiny of police and current crime rates. This line about the Ferguson effect... Uh, it might be a nice political tone, but the facts are just not there to back it up. The message he said seems to be shut up, shut up complaining about the uh, unnecessary use of force in your community or the police will stop protecting you. So, I don't know. You, you tell me what you think. Justice Department release. More information about all this stuff yesterday. I, I think we're going to be wrestling with this for a long time. You're listening to The Joe Elliott Show. We are back after this at 9.70 a.m. The Answer. The Joe Elliott Show on 9.70 a.m. The Answer. Follow Joe on Facebook and on Twitter at Joe Elliott Show. Louisville's home for intelligent, conservative talk. 970 AM, The Answer. It is the Joe Elliott Show. 970 AM, The Answer is the place. 571-0970 is your telephone number if you want to join us. Your governor coming up about a half hour or so from right now. We've got a little politics going on today. Yeah, there's plenty of politics going on. There is uh, <laughs> no question about that. Um, we're gearing up for another GOP debate, the sessions devoted to the economy tonight. So you're going to have some of the outsider types, the private sector folks, Carly, the Donald, even Dr. Carson, they're rather going to argue that their private sector experience 
is what makes them the best choices to uh, handle the economy and to be the next president of the United States. They're going to face seven current and former office holders who are really telling you that government experience is essential to uh, running the uh, running the country from the Oval Office. So you're going to have current or former governors. You're going to have Jeb, right? Jeb Bush, Governor uh, Governor Bush, the former governor of Florida. John Kasich from Ohio. Governor Christie from New Jersey. Mike Huckabee from Arkansas. And then you're going to have three guys from the Senate. Rubio from Florida, Cruz from Texas, and of course, Rand Paul from Kentucky. So you'll have economic discussions. Um, this should be, I think, a rather interesting, uh, a rather interesting race. You're going to have um, the dynamics between Donald Trump and Ben Carson. Ben Carson are going to be really interesting because Donald Trump is, of course, for the first time, not leading somewhere. Let me play for you something that the Donald yesterday in in uh, in Iowa he made several statements. We're going to put all these together for you. The Donald is having a tough time accepting the fact that he is number two in Iowa, and now he trails Ben Carson in a recent national poll from CBS News and the New York Times. Here is the Donald trying to come to grips with it yesterday. From the time I announced. I've been at the top of the polls, almost at the top. You know, we're doing well. Iowa, will you get your numbers up, please? When you get these numbers up, I am a great Christian, and I am. I am. Remember that. And I do well with the evangelicals. But the evangelicals left me down a little bit this last month. I don't know what I did. In most polls, I'm number one. Uh, now, until Iowa came along, I said every poll. And then Iowa came. What the hell are you people doing to me? You know? You know? I'm telling you. They said, why don't you skip Iowa? They told me that. Everybody said, skip Iowa. No. All of the political geniuses. A man just interviewed me back there. And he said, would you ever think of maybe uh, skipping Iowa going right to, you know, right to New Hampshire? I said, I can't do that because I have such an unbelievable relationship with the people from Iowa that I think we're going to win. I really do. I believe it. I believe it. You know, I hate to say it, but the last long number of elections on the Republican circuit, the person that won Iowa did not get the nomination. Okay, I want to take away some of your mustard. Do you understand that? So could we do, and please do me a favor, let me win Iowa, and then I'm going to win, I'm going to win, I'm telling you. All right, Donald Trump talking about Iowa, and there's there's more. He, he got much more provocative here. I don't know what we what happened to the, to the rest of that. But anyway, you kind of get the idea. Um, it's all about the Donald. He's having a tough time here. Trying to uh, t- trying to come to grips with the fact that he's not leading in the polls in in some 
in some uh, in in some place, or at least even this one poll now, it looks like Dr. Carson is leading him in this New York Times CBS poll. But I mean, he's right, and he pretty much said it. Iowa is, uh, you know, Iowa voted for George H.W. Bush in two thousand uh, in nineteen eighty when Reagan won. Iowa has also given victories to. Mike Huckabee and Rick Santorum, it's the person who wins Iowa does not always win or oftentimes does not win in the Republican primary. So I don't know. Well, 5710970 is my telephone number. Governor John Kasich. Who will be at the debate? He's making the uh, he's going to be at the big boy debate tonight. There's only four at the kids' table debate. Governor John Kasich he talked yesterday about how he thinks the party has just gone crazy. Do you know how crazy this election is? <laughs> Let me tell you something. I've about had it with these people, <laughs> and let me tell you why. We got one candidate that says that we ought to abolish Medicaid and Medicare. You ever heard of anything so crazy as that? We got one person saying we ought to have a 10% flat tax that will drive up the, the deficit in this country by trillions of dollars that my daughters will spend the rest of their lives having to pay off. You know, what I say to them is, why don't we have no taxes? Just get rid of them all. And then a chicken in every pot on top of it. We got one guy that says we ought to take 10 or 11 million people. And pick them up. We're the, I don't know where we're going to go in their homes, their apartments. We're going to pick them up and we're going to take them to the border and scream at them to get out of our country. I mean, that's just that's just crazy. What has happened to our party? What has happened to the conservative movement? What has happened to the conservative movement? Five seven one zero nine seventy. My telephone number. You've got any thoughts about this? I'd I'd like to hear it. Well, you have some of these uh, folks who are participating in the debate tonight who are not happy with the budget deal, the proposed budget deal that it looks like Congress is uh, maybe moving closer to, ending this threat of uh, the fiscal crisis that Washington seems to be consumed with, getting a budget deal ready that would push the next potential spending clashes back to past the 2016 election. Looks like it's going to get things ready for Paul Ryan, the soon-to-be new Speaker of the House, as he prepares to, uh, to grab that gavel and start with his new responsibilities. John Boehner, of course, is on the way out. The vote on the agreement which would increase the federal spending, by the way, some only $80 billion over uh, over two years, would raise the federal borrowing limit through 2017. Looks like they're going to have a vote on this uh, today. House Republicans should meet behind closed doors, and then we'll nominate Paul Ryan to replace John Boehner. This is a good deal, said John Boehner. Well, of course, he uh, his last day, I think, will be Friday. The alternative, he said, would be a debt ceiling suspension measure with no guarantee of additional uh, military funding. 
which most Republicans have advocated. They want more military funding. But many conservatives are uh, really concerned about these uh, new spending agreements negotiated secretly in recent weeks by the president and, and John Boehner, other congressional leaders. Uh, apparently Democrats and some centrist Republicans seem a little more supportive, united on this, on this. And both parties are expecting the bill to pass. Now, Senate leaders said they expect to, uh, to move quickly once the House approves the deal. They're going to put it on President Obama's desk before Election Day next week. That's uh, Tuesday. That's November the 3rd. That's the deadline, by the way, to raise the debt ceiling. I'm hopeful and optimistic that that bill will come over to the Senate, and when it does... We'll take it up, said Senator Mitch McConnell. Well, some of the uh, some of the folks running for president are not too excited about it. Uh, Rand Paul is threatening a filibuster. Marco Rubio, Ted Cruz, not excited about the deal. Paul Ryan was less than uh, was less than thrilled with the deal when he talked about it yesterday. Is this deal beneficial to you? Look, I just got posted last night. I haven't even uh, seen this agreement, so I'm going to reserve judgment until I can actually see something on paper. Uh, if you want to ask me what I think about this process, I think this process stinks. Under new management, we are not going to run the House this way. Uh, we should have been discussing this months ago as members so that we have a more coherent strategy. Uh, so in the future, we need a better process than the one that's working if we want to do the people's business the right way. And John Boehner defended the uh, the process. Somebody got a bipartisan agreement in a town uh, that isn't known for a lot of bipartisanship. You're going to see bricks flying from those uh, that don't like the fact that there's a bipartisan agreement. Uh, but there is. I didn't want him to walk into a dirty barn full of you know what. So uh, uh, I've done my best to try to clean it up. All right. And he's leaving Friday and he'll leave this in the hands of uh, the new speaker, Paul Ryan, or whoever else. John Boehner is done. He's not, by the way, he's not just resigning from uh, from being the speaker. He's leaving Congress. He's going back to Cincinnati and doing whatever it is that he wants to do. He's been in Congress, well, I want to say since 2000, since 98, somewhere in there. He's been around for a while. 5710970 is my telephone number. You're listening to The Joe Elliott Show. Let's catch up with a quick timeout. We'll come right back with more after this on 970 AM, The Answer. Need more fodder while arguing with your liberal friends? We've got you covered. 970 AM, The Answer. Let's go to the phone. Say hi to Mark. You're on the air. Hey, Joe. How are you, sir? Good, Mark. How are you? Good, thank you. You know, what's become very evident to me in the last, you know, five or ten years or so in politics is that we've seen incredible branding of a political party and of candidates and advocacy groups to the point where I don't know how any consensus can ever be obtained in the future. And, uh, you know, for example, you know, the the latest brand is the the non-establishment brand. And if you listen to certain talk radio hosts and talking heads, 
they will say the word establishment about every 15 words right? when they talk. And it's money. And every, you know, I, I don't know, we've gotten to the point now where we're, we're, you're getting branded as something that paints you into a corner that prohibits you from ever reaching across the aisle and doing anything that may not be a hundred percent pure brand because you risk hurting your brand. I think that is exactly right. And what happens in, which, you know, is, is great entertainment, but bad government. Right. And, and, you know, when you have a government that represents people that let's face it is 50, 50 or 45, 55. Right. Um, how do you run a government when both sides are terrified of hurting their brand? Well, how do you run a government when the answer is either Bernie Sanders or Ted Cruz? And right. there's and there's absolutely no ground in the middle. And if you are if you're to the right of Bernie Sanders, you are conservative, even if you're even if you're Hillary. And if you're to the left of Ted Cruz, you're a liberal, even if you're I don't know Jeb Bush. And, and I guess, you know, when you, you look at, and here's where I think the dynamic changes, especially when it comes to elections. Now, the Democrats have avoided this because of the coronation. But from a Republican standpoint, with the ability of big donors and super PACs now to basically single-handedly fund a candidate, you can have your niche brand, you could have, three or four niche brand candidates never run out of money. Right. And let's face it, money is what eventually gets people to drop out and concede. And you've got a you've got a situation where people are so people have been so revved up and so ginned up uh, that that they can't trust anybody, which is one reason the outsiders are doing it, you know, as well as they are. Uh, and we'll see how how this actually plays out when we get to we get to February and March. But I, I my my sense really is, and, and I think you make some great points here, Mark. My sense really is though that some of the people who are so excited about the outsiders, if the outsiders get in, they will be extremely disappointed because there just is no candidate who's going to come in and solve all of these problems. And we kind of saw this in two thousand eight. There were some people who thought. My gosh, they thought the water was going to taste better and the the air was going to be cleaner and it was the the days were going to be sunnier when President Obama got elected. I mean, they, there's just there's not a candidate who's going to be able to to make everything, you know, lollipops and and roses here. Let's go to Richard. You're on the air. Good morning. Morning, Joe. Hey, Richard. Joe, who who is moderating this the debate tonight? Uh, John Harwood from CNBC and a couple of other CNBC employees. I think John Harwood is the he's the he's like the main moderator tonight. Mm-hmm. Well, I hope that the moderator can keep the focus on issues instead of on attacking Donald Trump. It's going to be all economics Donald tonight. To, and so, and somebody like Carson to attack each other. Supposedly, uh, it's going to be it's going to be primarily focused on economics, and then I think two weeks, I think it's, uh, it's a week from Monday. They have another one on Fox Business, so they're going to focus on the economy both tonight and in two weeks. Yeah, they've, they've, the moderators have have done terrible jobs in the first two debates, but maybe they can do better this time. Uh, 
I know uh, this uh, Boehner's uh, leading this uh, debt raising of the debt ceiling seemed like a last-minute des- act of desperation uh, by Congress. I, I'm not sure what the what the big rush was uh, uh, to get this done all of a sudden. I think that's what Paul Ryan's responding to. It was done so such a big rush. Uh, I well, know, the, uh, the deadline Bender, is supposedly uh, Tuesday on November 3rd, so they had, if they were going to do something, they had to get it done before then. Boehner's made a big issue out of cleaning out the barn, but what does that have to do with good government? Well, I, I guess it really depends on you know what, what hat you're wearing there, Richard. I appreciate the call this morning. We will talk to your governor in just a couple of minutes. You're listening to The Joe Elliott Show on 970 AM, The Answer. The Joe Elliott Show on 970 AM, The Answer. Follow Joe on Facebook and on Twitter at Joe Elliott Show.